Sounds good. Yep. Hey, what's going on? It's Top of the Dew Chain back from a small hiatus due to some scheduling conflicts. And it feels like the the world is just on the brink of getting back to normal. At one little things like things are just kinda Like to welcome Josie onto the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do about that, guys. I can turn my game down a little bit. It's fine. It's fine, man. Anyway, like I said, world's getting back to normal. This, uh, our resident cop is a uh, shoplifting thief, though. Yeah. Think, uh, nah, it was a it was a misunderstanding. No ill intent. Oh no! What yeah. happened there? Hey, how many times? <laughs> Question, how many times have you put someone in the back of your car after they said it's a misunderstanding? So, uh, uh, <laughs> you got me, you got me there. No, man, so, no, here's the story. Here's the story. We go to the, there's like a Cherokee trading post, little gas station and restaurant and like a little outlet store, uh, by Romano state park. We went out to yeah. Romano's with our camper uh-huh. and on the way back, uh, we we went to stop at that restaurant to eat. We wanted to eat at a place called Foggy Bottoms that they had out there, but it was closed that day. So we went to this Cherokee Trading Post instead. Yeah. We go in, we sit down, we eat, and as we're going out, right next to the cash register is this massive, like discombobulated pile of Andy's mints inside of a basket that mm-hmm. looks like, hey, you know, take one on your way out. Like that's how it's presented. There's like this tiny little sign behind it that says mints eleven cents. Oh my goodness. So I reach down, I take one and I start walking out the door like, and I'm unwrapping it. And, uh, I don't think the hostess was ever going to say a single thing about it. She's just going to let it go. Yeah. Because the value of that thing is less than a penny, but Shana makes a huge deal out of it. Like stops (laughs) me and says, babe, you have to pay for those. makes a big deal. makes all these jokes, offers to pay for it, all this stuff. And, uh, the lady's like, uh, no, it's only 11 cents. Don't worry about it. So I, <laughs> I ate my, I, I ate my, uh, 11 cent stolen mint. Yeah. And Shana had probably one of the biggest laughs she's ever had. How many, how many mints before it's a felony? How, uh, well, I think for larceny now it's a thousand dollars. It used to be 500 for us and now it's, it's a thousand. Yeah. Totally Which is on par with like the rest is it, of the, is it the, Say what? Is it the value of the mints, like a penny per mint, or is it eleven cents per mint? Um, so, if you take ten thousand mints, do you go to jail, or do you have to take a hundred thousand mints? I don't. I don't know what you're what you're saying there. I'm, I'm the too tired to do the is math. Is it cost of goods sold? Is it the retail price that they base it on? Retail, retail price. I'll retail. tell you this: the right, lowest so. amount of money that I've taken somebody to jail for. Uh, as far as like value of property stolen was like a dollar and twenty seven cents. Oh yeah, okay. And the guy the guy was high on PCP, but he went to a Seven Eleven and stole a little beef jerky and a little laffy taffy. And we ended up taking him to jail for the larceny. Also, would you have taken him for taking a eleven cent mint? It depends. Was there was there the intent to deprive, or was it a misunderstanding? There's been times where, like, so we have a, a charge. We have a charge called defrauding an innkeeper, which is like somebody skips out on a bill. And there's been times where, you know, there's been like a misunderstanding or something was messed up or whatever, and we're able to work it out there on the spot and get, allow the person the opportunity to pay before they go to jail. So <clears throat> we had somebody try to not pay a bill right. because they they said they weren't satisfied with the food at a buffet. And like the, the guys, like uh, I, I told him, I was like, "That's not how it works." You know, if if you weren't satisfied, then you bring it up. Then you don't bring it up at the cash register. And they're just trying to get a free meal, is what they're trying to get. And so, uh, anyway, like the uh, owner pulls up footage of them sitting there for an hour eating just at the buffet, and, going back yeah. and getting played after played after plate. And I was like, "No, <laughs> but this guy right now, I'm going to take both of you to jail, and your kids are going to have to go home with somebody else." Like it was the most <laughs> ridiculous thing in the world. 
Yeah. Do you well, know how often people go into restaurants looking for free meals? Oh, and eat eat, eat all their like, food and be like, uh, there was something wrong with this. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then and then can I like dude they're man, I don't know how many times at Outback when I when I was waiting tables there that I would wait tables with these people. We'd have a great, you know, it from my perspective is great. They were kind, they were polite and whatever. I take them the bill and they're like, thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, Hey, can we talk to your manager? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I figured they're about to commend me because sometimes if you get commended, you know, there's a little bonus or something like that. So I'm like walking back thinking I'm getting a little gift card or something. And sure enough, manager comes back like, man, what happened? I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, man, they complained about the food. I'm like, dude, that lady sucked that thing down. She inhaled that. I mean, so you can always tell, man, like some people are just freeloaders grifters man they're grifters yeah i got you just I, I i don't embarrass easy but i think i'd be embarrassed to do that i yeah. i won't go back out to eat with somebody who does that with like if i'm yeah. sitting there eating with them and they like it, the most annoying thing in the world is when you go to a steak place and somebody thinks they know steak better than like the cook back there that probably cooks like a thousand steaks a day like at a legitimate mm-hmm. oh, steak yeah. place. Not I'm not talking like your near like chilies. I'm talking about a, like a real steak place where they probably have a real chef. And they're like, "Oh, well there's something wrong with this 45-day aged wagyu beef steak." Like like he's ever made it at home. And that, that happened to me once and I have not been out to eat with a guy since. Like he one he ate half of it and then threw a fit about it. And yeah. so like I've just I will not go out to eat with people who do that. And there's people that do it habitually, man. They just complain every time they get food. And it's it embarrasses like, me. Like I understand if like they mess up. You know what I mean? <laughs> they bring you something wrong or they don't bring you something you actually ordered. Yeah. And I get the I get the uh the manager that can't you know going all caring on them, but you know, some people just are rude waitresses and waiters. Yeah. My I dad mean... was, man. <laughs> My dad was shaking. <laughs> I don't think he intended to because he was nice to him, but to get their attention, man, he'd shake his cup at him and, uh, <laughs> and then point at it. Hey, yo. <laughs> How about a little juice over here? Yeah, and now my son does it to my wife. Hey, Mark. Like she'll walk by and he'll lift his cup. And, yeah, he'll just he'll shake his cup at her, man, and it's it tees her off, man. Oh, <laughs> it is hilarious. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I think anybody who watches that movie Waiting will definitely check that stuff at the door. Yeah. <laughs> I've worked in a lot of restaurants, so I worked in food for a long time. And uh it's not that bad, honestly. Um really the people that get into it is the cooks and the waitresses, because the waitresses will come back there throwing a fit and being all rude to the cook and treating the cooks like crap. And at that point the cook doesn't really the cook doesn't really care about the uh the person, you know, at the table at that point, they want to chunk that waitress out the window. So, I mean, that's what I ran into more often than not was a waitress coming back there thinking we screwed her out of a tip and just losing her mind on us and us being like, hey, I, you know, that thing's sitting in the window for a long time, so it probably cooked a little longer. Yeah. The guy who trained me at Outback, that was the first thing he said, man, never make the cooks mad. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think's true, man. Yeah. Like, if your meal gets screwed up, there's a better chance that they're mad at the waitress than they are at you, and they're screwing her over. Yeah. (laughs) Or waiter. So, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I always made friends with the cooks, man, and so I ate well at Outback for free. Yeah. Like, he would, like, man, I had this one cook. He was super cool, but he would take the, you can't send the end of the prime rib out. I don't know if you know Mm -hmm. how they cook prime rib, but they just cook it in a huge slab of beef looks almost like a brisket but it's huge and then they just cook it and yeah. rare has just been put in last and, and all that and then they just slice it and go so they can't send the ends out and so at the end of the night they have essentially 10 ends of this this prime rib and that dude would just slice that thing up into thin pieces and throw it on that uh wheat berry bread or whatever that outback has Mm-hmm. Throw some cheese on it, stick it, and do toast it. Whatever, dude. I'd walk in at the end of the night. That dude have a plate with like three of them on it and some au jus, and oh, it's the best thing I've ever eaten, man. Yeah, so good. 
so good. But yeah. I was cool with them. Yeah. You know, you always have to go back and ask for stuff. That's the thing, man. You know they're mad at somebody Yeah. when they make them give them a ticket. Hey, man, yeah. can I get a side of ranch? He goes, you got to go ring it up. And you're like, ah. Uh, <laughs> I never did much waiting. Mad. I never did much waiting. Uh, I think the the one or two times where I had to actually wait on a table, I was terrible at it. Um, I always worked in the kitchen in the times I worked in food. Unless it was one of those yeah, places where you did both. I worked at, you know, some little bar and grill type places where, I, you know, you, you make the food and you kind of wait on the people because they're ordering it from a, a counter, basically. Yeah. No, they told me I was too charming to be back in the kitchen. Yeah? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> too much. Too much personality yeah that's <laughs> i can see that yeah <laughs> i think they saw you and saw how big you were and said there's no way we're letting you near the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> that's valid too man that's valid too do we used to, they outback makes their own croutons so you coming in dude, and drink out of the milk <laughs> i mean that's valid because dude i would i would come in and i just ask for a side of ranch or a side of blue cheese and then you uh -huh. just stick it there on the waiter's station. Yeah. And they just grab a handful of, of croutons because they make the croutons from scratch and they just got this huge tub of them. You just mm -hmm. grab a handful of those and dip them in that dressing. Yeah. And that'll get you through the night when you're hungry. Mm -hmm. Before my, my uh, prime rib sandwiches came in. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Where all did you yeah. work? You worked in an outback? Did you work somewhere else? I worked. I, I worked at Chili's for like two months until yeah. the job. Which would I was you say was the better experience, or were they really similar? Because you know, every, every place has their model. You know what I mean? Yeah, every that movie waiting is extremely is extremely accurate to a degree. It's embellished a little bit, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of. I mean, you could tell whoever wrote that script waited tables before. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I have more fun with the people at, at Outback. Mm -hmm. uh, Chili's, like I said, I really wasn't there long enough to really get a, a legitimate feel for the place. Everyone was nice and all that. It's just, <clears throat> yeah. It was something, you know, I got the job and then the call. Because what happened is I finished playing football in college and then I moved back to San Antonio to start a job, which eventually started my career. Mm -hmm. Uh, gave me the the experience then that, that helped me get the job I'm at now. So I was there waiting for that while I finished out my degree, but, um, you know, corporate, you know, red tape made it, you know, hiring freezes and all that made it where I had to wait a little bit. So I painted houses for about, uh, two or three months. Mm -hmm. And that was the worst job ever. <laughs> not, and the guy, the painter was cool. It's just, it's just, it's just not a fun job sanding yeah. and, and painting and all that so then uh i got the job at well it's a, pro uh, it's a production job if you could just hang out with your buddies and do it at a reasonable pace that'd be fine but it's pretty yeah. much you need to show up start working and not stop working until your breaks or go home so yeah production yeah. works and then production and, works rough and then we uh then i started working at chili's to get out because too i was driving an hour to go paint in kerrville yeah uh, which I was basic with, with the Jeep that I had with 35 inch tires. I got like eight miles to the gallon. I was basically working to pay for gas to get to what and from work. Driving, <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I got a job, uh, I got a job at Chili's and, yeah. uh, and then the job, the red tape, uh, at the other job actually, uh, got cut a little quicker than I expected. So I had to walk into the manager's office at Chili's and, because I told yeah. him I'd be there six months minimum, and it was only like two months. Yeah. But he was cool. Like, he's just like, man, I don't want to wait tables, so, like, why would I expect you to stick around that long? Yeah. So, anyway, uh, but I, I think Outback, Outback I did uh, part-time uh, just to, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, I probably stuck around Outback as long as I did just for the social life. Yeah. You know, was, it, like I said, I was just—I just—you'll get a—you'll get a good crew at a at a restaurant every now and then that you work at, and it's—I mean, it's kind of nice. Oh yeah, uh, I know. But the problem is, is there's always a lot of turnover, uh, especially depending on the season, because you'll get like kind of seasonal employees during the summer and stuff yeah. like that. 
but uh but yeah some places man like i remember the the place i worked at the longest was in college that little coney island place and uh you know we pretty much everybody i worked with was pretty cool i mean they're college kids you know just like me so it's pretty cool but seems like they're towards the end we really had a good crew and uh, everybody liked each other and and got along and uh didn't matter who you got paired up with at work it was always like you know pretty entertaining shift yeah you know so got yeah no our, yeah outback was cool outback there were there were a couple girls and i feel bad there was one girl man who everybody hated working with but she was mm-hmm. engaged to one of the cooks and the cook was super cool like everyone loved that cook, but everyone hated his girlfriend. Yeah. And so that poor dude, man, like she'd walk out, you know, because she never, you know, one of the things that working in a restaurant, you got to run, run food for other people. It's kind mm-hmm. of just a give and take thing. Yeah. So it's not sitting under the heat lamp all day and it's not slowing down the line. So if you're out taking the order with, with another table or tending to your tables, you know, someone can run it for you, which is cool, but you're expected to run food when yeah. you, uh, when you're back there and have nothing yeah. going on, you know what I mean? Your table's taken care of. Well, she never did that, man. And then, uh, she was blatant about it. I mean, it's just one of those things where, Hey, can you run this? And she just walk out the other side and, you know, someone had to drop what they're doing and go run it for someone. And, but she would never come and run her own food. So you're always running her food as well. And anyway, man, she would run out like that. And you just have these dudes cussing her up and down. And her poor boyfriend's just sitting over there flipping lobster tails, man. Like trying not to <laughs> ignore it, trying not to let it get to him. Cause I don't think it got to him. Like it made him mad. Well, he but didn't want to get involved time, he because trying, he probably agreed with them that she was being exactly, ridiculous. He was trying not to get involved and get in trouble. So, like, yeah. he's just over there, you know, head down in the grill. Uh, yeah. But it was pretty fun. But other than, other than a couple girls who were kind of like that, the rest of us, I mean, it was just fun. It was a fun group of people. I had a buddy named Jeremiah that we uh, we hung out a lot, went on road trips and all that uh, together. And then I moved up here, and uh, he used to always be like, hey, man, go check out the babies at number two. <laughs> and it's just you know, a bunch of sorority sisters sitting at, yeah. at the table and all that. Uh, but anyway, so interesting way of putting stuff. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was cool, man. But he, uh, like I said, he called me uh, one time after I, I had just moved up here and I just started dating my wife, and and we were talking. And he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna come see you, man." I'm like, "Sweet, you know, come on up." Well, <clears throat> the plans never fell through, and he never came up. And so I finally I called him. Uh, one day and i'm like hey man you know i mean when's this gonna happen i thought you should come up you know a couple weeks ago he goes oh man he goes i've been in the hospital i said what happened he goes i got stabbed what (laughs) yeah jeremiah jeremiah had a big mouth and jeremiah liked to fight and uh Uh. he picked the fight with somebody he was he was in a fraternity so he picked the fight with somebody and uh and that somebody pulled a knife and stabbed him in the leg oh wow and uh and nicked his his femoral artery, so not enough not enough to kill him, but enough to make it interesting. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so <laughs> so my wife and I actually, after we get married, I call him up, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm back in town." He's like, "Hey, come to my house and hang out with me. You know, bring your wife, my girlfriend. You know, whatever. We can hang out. We can go eat dinner, whatever." So we go over to his house to pick him up to go eat dinner. And that dude introduces himself to my wife and then pulls out the jeans he was wearing when he got stabbed. <laughs> These things are like cardboard stiff with blood. And oh, he's wow. just like, this reminds me never to pick a fight again. And I'm like, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. Like I said, he was, a, he was an interesting dude. But uh, yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah. it's just it was one of those things. Yeah, you meet all kinds. You meet all kinds. I think everybody ought to work in. I, I agree a hundred percent. And, and I, I think you should have to work in it just so like when you're in that situation, like Corey was talking about, you don't, uh, you don't treat a waiter racist that way. Yeah. I never, I was never a, uh, <clears throat> hostess or a host or whatever, but I worked in fast food and that was terrible. Like I, yeah. it was fun. Like you said that we had a fun crew for a little bit. 
but the turnover rate was so high you'd get people in there that just kind of messed up the uh dynamic in the kitchen and up front with the girls and all that stuff but i didn't meet my wife there so it wasn't too bad there you go yeah but Son- sonic Freeze. was fun and we had a good crew man like we got orders out quick like i think in the two years i worked there i don't think i sent out an order in over 10 minutes and that's with like one that got totally screwed up normally we were five minutes or less and now you can't go to sonic and get your food in less than 20 minutes yeah, they're pretty busy. Yeah, they're well. We were we were probably busier because Sonic was like the fastest growing fast food uh, chain whenever we were there, and so we were busy all the time. But now it just seems like service just across the board with everybody with all the younger kids and the jobs that they do. It just seems like it's slower. Yeah, the attention span of people kind of diminishes. Yeah, I mean, I never, I never wanted to be at a fast food restaurant or uh waiting tables forever but uh there's some dudes that 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 i think were there were probably a little too long uh but at the same point there are some people who i don't know some people come in they think it's beneath them you know yeah <laughs> we lose jeff <laughs> yeah no, not happened. He started to make a comment, and then he froze. <laughs> Got that bad Wi-Fi. Yeah. You have your phone on you? Yeah. He's probably texting. Here yeah, man. let me see. Oh, power flash. I think we're supposed to have storms coming in here pretty soon, aren't we? I know it's supposed to. Yeah, it's supposed to get bad. Are y'all still playing softball? Dude, we might have a game at 1045 tonight. That's ridiculous. No Dude, they're so That's desperate stupid. to get in this first tournament of the season. And they have so many teams that have traveled from out of state and stuff that they're just – we're playing tomorrow night. We're playing Monday. I've never had a tournament go into Monday. Well, it's Memorial Day. Yeah. But still. Like, I was kind of hoping this quarantine would kind of tell people, like, hey, it's okay not to play softball every weekend of the year. Yeah. Like, well, it's okay to take a little break. Well, I wish I wish like cities would step up and you know, these organizations like more softball and baseball and just say, Hey, we're not gonna play games Sunday before noon. Deal with it, you know? Yeah. I mean I guess they can because it's their part technically. Right. To me that's just it, it's ridiculous. You know, and they, they don't cap how many teams can join these tournaments, so it gets it gets dumb sometimes. This like this is a seven game guarantee. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, to me, you should never go past the four game. You should get your two games in pool play and then double elimination. Not me, man. Two and Q. That's it. If your kids aren't good enough to play more than two games. Well, that's how no. that's how the league used to be. You enter a tournament and you, you lose one, you're in the loser's bracket, you lose again, you're done. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what, when I was playing baseball, man, if, like, you lost one, I mean, you were, you were at risk of, of going out altogether. Oh, we found him. He's back. There he is. Yeah, so they are working on the power lines and have been for months now. And every now and then we just get like a brownout. I yeah, guess. dude, you straight up froze. Yeah, it's man. In it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I really said some, uh, I don't know, some really powerful statements yeah. there, too. Oh, man. Some of my most profound work. Yeah. He, he laid out a world. five-year plan to end world hunger, and we didn't hear any of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The equation for, for world peace, and we missed yeah. it. <laughs> oh, man. What uh, what did you end up talking about while I was gone? Uh, we were complaining uh, we, about we, softball we, tournaments. Yeah, we wrapped it up, got into softball. But Yeah, yeah. Now, I guess our tournament's going to start kicking back up. They, we're, we're in our first one of the season right now. Yeah. Okay. League yeah. nights. League for us started Thursday. Okay. And, I mean, like I said, man, it's and, and granted, we live in Oklahoma, and it really hasn't been a huge – it hadn't been like New York where, like, cops are, are kicking people off the street and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, and, we've been really fortunate, honestly. Yeah. And, and, and But we do have one of the – and we also have one of the lowest lowest numbers. You know what yeah. I mean? We but, did have a spike last week, though, when people started going back to uh, – that kind of normalized within the last couple of weeks. We've had yeah. a little bit of a spike. Yeah. Cases went up again. I figured that yeah. was always going to happen. Now, now the interesting thing is, is the cases are increasing, but the death rates, uh, so people dying from it, are actually decreasing. 
Yeah, that's always positive. So, yeah. I so, just hope there aren't a lot of residual effects. People keep acting like like you could, you know, like say 10 years down the road, have issues with something that was related to Corona. So like be nice if they yeah, yeah, yeah. Like chronic issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Diseases. I don't know what that disease is called, but there's some disease that they say kids are getting if they get it. So I don't know. Yeah. I think it's tied to inflammation or something like that. Anyways. Well. Be nice if they could get this thing studied and figured out. Yeah. yeah. I mean. And get a vaccine. And then we can start the whole don't vaccinate your kids debacle again. <laughs> yeah. We have a vaccine, man. Trump's been taking it the entire time. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he's he's. Uh, he's just, has access to stuff we don't have access to, like the stuff that cures Magic true. Johnson's AIDS. Well, I'm telling you, the stuff that the stuff, <laughs> the stuff that Donald Trump's taken has been around for 60 years, Hydro, and there's no the hydrochloroquine. Yeah, and the patent on it has has been expired for a long time. So you have like I think you have like a dozen companies that make it in a generic form, mm-hmm. and you can get it for like. 11 bucks for a hundred pills Is that that malaria pill yeah, yeah. and yeah. and so is the reason they're not giving it out because it hasn't been actually tested yet uh, well, it has been tested it's just it just for, not for coronavirus though, not sure. for corona but the point being and which is fine I, I get it if you say that it hadn't been it hasn't it, we don't have enough test subjects to determine whether it will heal corona you know what i mean yeah. If that was if that was the narrative that they came out with was it's inconclusive on whether Corona, whether this treats Corona or not, I could see that. The issue is is this drug's been around for sixty years. It's been uh, prescribed to people with lupus. Uh, it's been given as a malaria vaccination, uh, mm-hmm. and it's been used for arthritis and all that. Very minimal side effects, and when someone does have a side effect, it's a it's a uh, anomaly. There's something else that they have mm-hmm. that causes it. You know what I mean? So you yeah. have all that data. People have been taking it forever. Doctors are saying it's great. They, you know, it's the first thing they they prescribe for those, you know, malaria and lupus and all that. Mm-hmm. And the second Trump says he's been taking it, man, like they wig out and say that stuff will kill you. You know, mm-hmm. which I mean, like, it's medication for malaria, so it shouldn't kill you. That's my point. Like it, it just goes back to the narrative thing that we've beaten to death. What about uh have you, have y'all heard about um so you know I, I had an uncle who uh, who passed away recently uh, from cancer. He had pancreatic cancer, and one of the first things that people started bringing up to him whenever he started his treatments was to start taking puppy wormer. And this puppy wormer is supposed to like kind of help you. Um, in your with along with the treatments or whatever to shrink the the cancer and all and you know people started looking into it and a bunch of people started bringing it up and apparently it's like a widespread thing like everybody's doing it just doctors can't prescribe it you know kind of one of those things but tons of people are taking it and it's easy to find information but anyways there's just all kinds of strange things out there where like doctors won't prescribe it but you know a ton of people are saying it's working now with him I don't know, you know, it seemed like at first they were like, you know, there might be something to it. It might be helping. But uh, unfortunately, his was his was pretty late stage and pretty aggressive. Um, he actually right. found out about the same time as Alex Trebek. Uh, but um, but anyway, so, you know, in the end, he didn't make it and, and all. But, uh, you know, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, a lot of people are taking this puppy wormer and saying that it's having, you know, positive results. But really, all they can base that on is. You know, if your cancer goes away and you were taking puppy wormer, you, you think there's something to it. You know, uh, if it doesn't go away and you're taking it, you know, uh, maybe there's nothing to it. You know, it's just it's just hard if you don't have concrete evidence uh, other than everybody saying, no, oh, right. yeah, it worked for me. And that's the thing. You can't puppy. I mean, not puppy dog. You can't peanut butter spread it across everything. I had yeah. a boss who got cancer. I had yeah. a boss who got cancer and they gave him two months to live. Uh, and then he, he, he's still alive today. Uh, and this was, this was, dude, this was probably seven, eight years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, but he went to UCLA and they said, you know, they kind of identified it because they, one doctor finally, finally says they're doing some, some, uh, tests in, uh, experimental stuff out of UCLA. I'm going to put you in for it and see what it is. 
And so they brought him out and they, they told him specifically the issues he was having was he said most people will pass this type of cancer still through their bodies with no issues, but because you're redheaded. So whatever that descent, uh, whatever was in his ancestry mm-hmm. was making that particular cancer dangerous to him, right. you know? And so there, I mean, that's, there's just, there, there are so many factors. Cancer was treating him like a redheaded stepchild. <laughs> that's jacked up, man. <laughs> they said, they said, they said, they said it's, it's, it's real common in, in the, in, in the redheaded community that's crazy. or whatever that genetic makeup is because it's your yeah. DNA. That's all it is. Just yeah. DNA getting messed up. And, and well, what did Corey tell us that? that red hair and green eyes is like a genetic mutation type deal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Green, green, I almost said green hair and red eyes. Yeah. yeah. Red hair and green eyes is a genetic mutation. If your kid looks like Blanca, I'm, it's I'm, got a mutation. I'm the next evolution. In, yeah, there you in, go. In the human race. Obviously, obviously a superior evolution. You're, yeah, Blanca. yeah, you're a step yeah. up, Corey. You're definitely a step up. That's why you. Hey, have you don't, uh, that's why you don't check your entitlement you at the life? door, and you just take the mints without paying. <laughs> 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 it would have been it would have been better if you were it's okay I'm a cop <laughs> just walk out yep. the, the white man went into the Cherokee out. trading post and just he took he everything just took it <laughs> just took it <laughs> it's my white privilege check that privilege no, hey have you watched uh, have you watched The Last Dance yet no I want to real bad have you watched The Last Dance yet I haven't watched any of it it's on ESPN plus that's what I watched it on yeah Dude, I for, I like listen. I get where people say Jordan's a jerk and and all that, but I kind of feel bad for Jordan. Oh yeah. I mean, you're looking at a guy. You're looking at a guy who two years into the league could not do anything by himself. Like, the, like that's one thing that that the documentary hits on is how. How he the only time he ever got any type of, of peace and relaxation was when he was in his hotel room, mm-hmm. and uh, and like I said, I feel bad because I mean, I saw Tim Duncan one time, man, and he was he was sitting there waiting on something, and dude, got people were just walking by him like a zoo. He's just standing there, just watching people pass, and they're gawking and talking and pointing and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a zoo animal, man, just there waiting for uh, the table or whatever we were doing. And uh, and I can imagine Tim Duncan was never to the level that Jordan was. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he was crazy. Dennis Rodman was crazy. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> that part of. I, mean, I forgot like that dude with the Bulls was. Yeah, man. Like the dude just took off after Game Three and went and and uh, was busting up Diamond Dallas Page with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it's supposed to be a practice. No one knows where he's at, and then they turn on the TV, and he's on WCW busting chairs over people's heads and wrestling. Yeah, it was wild. They, the funny, the funniest part is they gave him forty-eight hours to go to Vegas and uh, and blow off some steam, and then it shows the clock: forty-eight, seventy-two, ninety-six. <laughs> like no one knew where he was at. Yeah, like Jordan's like, you can't let him go to Vegas. He'll never come back. And sure enough, he never did. Oh wow! <clears throat> no, yeah, Rodman. Uh, he, uh, you know, he went to on the state university in Durant, and uh, yeah. everybody talks about you know how you'll see him on Texoma and everything. So he's, uh, you know, he's got a lot of Oklahoma ties too. Yeah, he lived with a family down there, and I don't know if they brought it up in the documentary, but I think he's still close yeah, to the people did. that kind of helped raise him uh, while he was in college. Because I think when he yeah. came to college, didn't he have? He still had like a lot of issues and stuff. He kind of attributed that family with kind of helping him kind of grow up a little bit. So they did, um, and then the documentary touches on it. Like it, it's a well done documentary. The documentary it, it, itself is based on the number six championship. Like they yeah. followed him around with that. Uh huh. But it's ten episodes. Long and so essentially, what it did is it it would start off with the '98 season and then mm-hmm. it would go back to it go back to Jordan, uh, his rookie year, all the way up until they won their first title. So it was flashing back, going back and forth until the culmination at the end. Uh, yeah. Episode ten is is the, uh, is the '98 season, but they did a little piece on Rodman 
And, and the reason it was interesting is because Rodman used to beat the crud out of him when he was with the Pistons. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they finally beat uh, the Pistons to get, you know, number one uh, through three. And then all of a sudden you bring Rodman back for uh, numbers five or four through six. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you kind of wonder how they would interact, but they did a good job on him. And thing is, is he didn't even go out of high school. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't trying to remember, but it sounded like he didn't even he didn't hit a growth spurt until he was in college. Yeah, I mean, like he was you know, Southeastern isn't really a huge school known for their basketball program. They're they're a small school in southeastern Oklahoma, man. It's it's kind of right. you know. Kind of small potatoes for a dude that ends up in the NBA. So. It's NAIA, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's not even NCAA. He's a three-time yeah. All-American. What happened was, I think he graduated high school and he was short. He was under six foot. Mm-hmm. And he was working as a janitor or he's working at the airport because he's from Dallas. Yeah. And uh, and then all of a sudden, he hit a growth spurt and he was like six seven. And so yeah. he went and played at Southeastern Oklahoma and was a three-time All-American. And ended up uh, getting drafted by the Pistons. And after yeah. the Pistons drafted him, uh, essentially, hey, hey Molly. Hey, hey yeah. Uh, after well, the Pistons. Changes it up uh, a little bit. After, after the Pistons drafted him, he got to the NBA and he realized he was never going to be a scorer. He, he was never going to be able to score as well as like an Isaiah Thomas or Magic Johnson or someone like that. And mm-hmm. so the dude would, would get his buddies – uh, he would take his buddies to the gym and he'd just have them shoot from all over the gym. And all he was doing was studying how the ball bounces off, uh, bounces off the net and or off the rim. And that's how he, I mean, you're looking at a dude who was just pulling rebounds down left. Oh, yeah. Right. I yeah. Mean, just, well, and he was a hustler, man. The guy hustled and uh, he did a lot oh, yeah. of aspects of the game. Well, uh, he just, he just couldn't shoot. And, when he abandoned, you know, to, even trying, then uh, I mean, just like you know, like went like Daredevil, man, lost his sight and all of his other senses just went crazy. But uh, yeah, you know, well, he didn't have to score. Don't forget, he was a spur for a while. Uh, it was the Spurs organization where he first, uh, you know, colored his hair blonde and kind of. Yeah, I, I remember the first thing I thought of. I was like, man, this dude looks like you know Wesley Snipes from Demolition Man with that bright blonde hair, and. Yeah. Uh, because you know it, it was just unique, uh, and uh, then you know then it then it just became every color of the rainbow, and I think he even had a bull put on it one time. So. Yeah, had a bull. He had his his number. It cheetah lives leopard skin at one point. Yeah, I loved watching him play though. I was a I was a pretty big Rodman fan on the court and off the court. You know, there's two sides to that guy. There's the there's the side that seems like a dude you'd love to hang out with who seems kind of like down to earth, and then there's just the I've got to be crazy for the sake of being crazy. Yeah. A guy uh, who gets stabbed in the in the leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that guy, that guy, you want to watch him from a distance, not really be with him. But uh, so, but he's a polarizing character, you know, because like you were saying with Detroit, you know, he he was probably one of the ones that was, you know, throwing the hardest blows down there with Bill Lambeer and them. Yeah. Uh, and and it was the same way when he went and played in uh, San Antonio. You know, he was constantly getting in scuffs and altercations. But you know, when I was sitting there rooting for the Bulls, I mean, I loved how, I mean, dude, scrapping with guys that are, you know, he's tall, but you know, he wasn't the thickest guy. You know, a guy like Carl yeah. Malone, who's legitimately a big, thick dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rodman was strong and and hustled, and I mean, he wasn't going to give up. And I don't know, I, I liked a lot of, of that stuff about his game. So I was a fan of him on the court. They told a story. Jordan, they were interviewing Jordan, and uh, at that, after that bender in Vegas that he had for like four or five days straight. Yeah, uh, Phil Jackson. Which, by the way, man, uh, shout out to Phil Jackson, man. That dude knew how to handle those people. But oh, yeah, he comes off that bender thing. in Vegas, and Jordan goes, "Man, he goes the." Um, he said the main purpose of that practice after Rodman got back was uh, Phil Jackson was going to sweat and work the Vegas out of out of Rodman. Mm-hmm. Like it was almost, you know, and so, which, you know, we've all, if you've been in athletics, you understand it. So they, what they were going to do is do Indian runs, 
which is where you essentially run around the court uh, in a line, and he blows the whistle, and the guy in the back has to sprint and catch up to the front. And then when you get to the front, you set the pace, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, he said Jordan basically was like, I'm not, I'm not going to go through all this just because Rodman got to go have a vacation. I didn't have a vacation, so he told all the dudes, said, listen, man. Until Robbins, if when Robbins in the group, go as slow as you can, take it easy. But when he's in the back and has to catch up, he said, that's when we pick up the pace. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dude, he said it didn't take but like half a lap for Rodman to catch him. So they were trying to keep it. He catches him. And then when he gets to the front of the line, it takes the dude behind him four laps after the whistle's blown to mm-hmm. pass him up. Like the <laughs> dude just went on this. There's like extreme party uh, mode for four days, and then comes back and he's still in better shape than everyone else on the court. Man. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, they said he worked pretty hard. I actually heard an interesting interview on the radio. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Spain interviewed uh, Carmen Electra, and you know she was dating him through a lot of that, and uh, she talked about just kind of his routine. Like as hard as he partied, he worked as hard or harder. Like she said, he'd like you know he had like That's this legit routine. Um, spent a lot of time in the gym, um, you know, kind of, you know, the stories they were telling reminded me of how people talk about Russell Westbrook and his ridiculous amount of uh, effort he puts in in the gym. And, uh, and all. so, yeah, man, like, like I said, polarizing yeah. character, parts of his personality. You're like, you wish you could put that in every athlete, but then there's that other side that's like, Oh man, <laughs> what do you do with this guy? <laughs> yeah, man, I don't need Kevin Durant, man, wearing red dresses in Times Square, man. <laughs> Personally. No, it, dude, I, I don't know, man. Uh, and it may be just my age, but I just thought basketball was better back then. Yeah, it was. In the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's a lot of talent on the floor right now, and – I mean, some of the things we're seeing, it, it's really hard to compare Listen, them. Uh, like the splash no, I like agree. It's Clay, Thomas, Clay Thompson. It, I mean, the way they're lighting it up, I mean, that's it's legendary. It's legendary. And, you no, know, I LeBron, I mean, LeBron and KD are going to be on people's top list of best to play the game ever. Um, so there, there's a I, lot I going agree on. With it's just – it's a different type of ball game. Could you imagine yeah. uh, James Harden – Playing against the bad, uh, the bad boys and the Pistons in the eighties or nineties, with the mentality he has now, where every time he just gets bumped, he wants to go to the line. Yeah, like, now I'll admit the contact part of it. The contact dude, part Jordan of it has changed quite a bit. Yeah, but but also, like I remember watching those games back in the day. It was a little aggravating watching that defense, though. Too like. I mean, because in, in the end, you want to watch people score. And you almost had to be a magician like Jordan, you know, to to score sometimes, you know. And uh, yeah. and all. It, it was it was tough to watch because, you know, these guys are getting mauled. And, uh, you know, you're screaming at the TV, like, blow the whistle. Um, so, I don't yeah. know. I, you know, we're far removed from it. And memory makes everything better. You only remember the good and not the bad. But – I really don't hate where the NBA is at right now. Um, I do think that the uh, the flopping needs to go. But uh, at the same time, you know, it's awesome watching these guys just splashing you, on people. <laughs> where do you think the Where do you think the game turned? Like what? Because for me, the it to me it shifted towards where it's at now when the Heat beat uh beat Dallas. And Dwayne yeah. Wade like essentially won the finals because he went to the free throw line a record number of times. Well, I you mean, I- it, it changed when the uh, when the mid range game left. You know, back in the nineties, we mid range was a big deal. Uh, really, Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade are like the last of the mid range giants, guys right. who did most of their damage with a jump shot. Um, other than like a Dirk Nowinski, but I mean, a guy Ooh, who's yeah, but a guy who's seven foot, like Dirk and Durant, are you know kind of the 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 few left that can still play from the mid range because they're unguardable. 
um, with that height along with their skill level. So, you know, uh, it, it's just the mid range leaving, I think is that, is that difference, you know, when, uh, when you started seeing, you know, the three point shooters kind of taking over the league, I think that's what you're seeing is the biggest difference. And, well, and what that comes down to is just, you know, the mid range, uh, the way defenses are playing now, the mid range, is a tough shot, but it's also a tough shot not to foul on, but it's a tough shot to get off now because of the way people kind of spread their defenses out and everything. So you're better off shooting from the line or trying to spread defenses out and, and cut to the basket. So it just, yeah. just changed well, a lot. And the other point is, is too, is, is people is, realize you can score three points at a time. And now that statistics is involved, kind of like with Moneyball and baseball yeah. and all that other stuff, people are realizing the three, even if you miss the majority of them, you, you just you still are scoring at a higher rate, uh, right? Even with well, the misses. And someone someone made that point that that you know if you're shooting them, uh, I don't know where the free throw line's at right now, or or the three point line. It's twenty five feet. Uh, maybe I don't know. I, I, you know that's one thing I've never really memorized. Anyway, if, let's just say it's twenty five feet. If someone goes, dude, if you're shooting a twenty three foot jump shot, you only get two points. You can move that shot back two feet. And essentially have the same shot, yeah. Get an extra point if you actually make it. And yeah. so the risk, like you said, the risk to reward actually becomes, you know, more uh, more beneficial from the three point line. Yeah. But, so so it, it's in NBA, it's twenty two feet where it's parallel to the line, and then uh-huh. on the arc, it's twenty three point seven five feet. Right. Which, and now a, a free throw, I'm pretty sure those are fifteen feet. Right? Those are fifteen, but yeah. what? See what so if you remember, they actually moved the NBA line back because it used to be closer. Yeah. So that's what someone's saying is like, why am I shooting this shot uh, eighteen inches inside the three point line when I can just back it up eighteen inches and and make three points and and essentially have about the same probability of making it. Yeah. So and then like you said, spread it out. They did a they did a shot chart of nineteen ninety nine and then two thousand nineteen. There are no mid-range jumpers. It's either yeah. everything's behind the free, or every everything's behind the three-point line, or it's in the paint. That's the only yeah. that's where all the shots are taken. There's a lot of height in the league too, so I mean, you got you got guys uh, moving around, uh, being able to play laterally because they're quick enough. Who are super tall, and oh, yeah. uh, that, that makes the mid-range a little harder too. But yeah, it's because of its um, well, and because zone. of how hard it is to make it the mid-range, and yeah, it's only two points. People just kind of abandoned it, even though, like, you know, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant made their careers there. Yeah. So. Well, Michael Jordan made his career because he just straight up. Well, now, now early Michael Jordan would just go in and attack the basket, and there was nothing you could do. But late in his career, it was that turnaround kind of fading uh, jump shot he did. Right. But that it, it that was, was just unguardable. Yeah. Dude, the funniest thing, I forgot. You'll have to watch the documentary. He he said somebody's name, and uh, this guy was from UConn. This dude comes in the league. He has a great game. This is when the Bulls are in the in the midst of winning their first three. Mm-hmm. And this rookie has a great game. He hands he hands like thirty two points. Yeah, and he uh, and so that was in, it. Was a key play for the watch for uh, for DC, and uh, and they were playing in Chicago. And so he goes into Chicago and he, he lights them up and they end up winning the game, uh, the Bullets. Uh, it was the Washington Bullets at the time. They have a back-to-back. And so the Bulls, the very next day, so that day, that afternoon, they fly to, to Washington, D.C., and they play the Bullets on their home court that night. And Jordan goes out and he said, I made it a point to score what that guy's game high was last game in the first half. <laughs> he ends up like he ends up with like forty six. He ends up scoring thirty two points and or thirty nine points in the first half, and he ends up with like like high forties, low fifties in the point range. And so yes. they asked him. They said, well, "You know, what, what was this turnaround?" And he said, "This guy came up to me, and he's after the game, and he just patted me on the back, and said good game, Mike, and walked off." And he and Jordan said, "I used that as fuel to." Uh, <laughs> That's some mad disrespect. No, <laughs> just pat him it. on the back, saying "Good game." You check it; it gets even better, right? So that that's a folklore about Michael Jordan. 
a radio station asked him uh, 20 years down the road. Asked, I forgot this dude's name. Smith was his last name. But they asked him straight up, like, hey, you know, that game or whatever. He goes, uh, you know, what what was the tone in which you said good game to Mike? Were you were you being sarcastic or were you being – he goes, man, I didn't even talk to Michael Jordan after that game. He goes, that never happened. And so they interviewed Jordan in this in this documentary, and he goes, no, never happened. I made it up to fire myself up. Oh, my goodness. Straight up made up a story just to make himself angry and then goes out and embarrasses this poor kid. <laughs> on the, and then makes this rumor about him. And everyone's like, man, that's stupid, man. I can't believe. Oh, it's hilarious. Like, that, uh, his mentality was just the, uh, the way he did it. Josie. Okay. Hey. But, How much? <laughs> <laughs> Red, orange, the green, blue. Good job. Thank you, Dad. You're welcome. Thanks. All right. See you later. Bye, Dad. Bye. You're welcome. Dude, she's getting. Hi. Hey, by the way, we last week. What's up? We embarrassed my son last week. Oh no! What'd you do? We put the peek a peek on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> he wouldn't have. We're giving him a hard time at dinner. He did not think it was funny at all. <laughs> Poor so guy. Well, it is funny. He's awesome. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Both, so we're not laughing at you like, you know, make it funny. That was some good stuff. Yeah. So I think he's over it now, but at the time, man, he. <laughs> By the way, we also got Kid Messenger back, so you guys keep your heads up. Yeah. So, anyway. Joe, Anything you want to and say hi since you've already talked to everybody? Sure. All right. Come here. Okay. There's lots of stuff to step over. Dad's got a messy room here. Josie. Right. Josie. Cutest kid you'll ever see. Yes. <laughs> can, you, can you say hi to everybody? Got to speak into this. Maybe hi, Josie. Can you say hi? <laughs> you do it first. Okay. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That's a good cast. Is that is that an hour? Yeah, it's just 52 minutes. That's it, guys. We appreciate it. You guys stick around. We, uh, we'll see you next week. See Later. It's so bad. Yeah. She's in the podcast, man. Yeah.